Hey there, welcome to Trust is My Home. Today is the 20th of April. It's the Monday after Divine Mercy Sunday, and it's kind of the first non-octave-like day. Uh, today, um, I wanted to just kind of touch base and speak about the after Easter trust. So, uh, without further ado. Welcome to Trust is My Home, a weekly podcast about living a covenant of trust with the Father. From Loretto House here in Austin, Texas, to your own home, this podcast seeks to lay down and enflesh the foundation of trust that becomes the true rock on which to build a home. Each week, we will talk about realigning our lives toward the Father. What does it mean to trust Him? If God is a good Father, and we believe that, how does that change the way we live our lives? We'll dig deep into the hidden treasures of the hearts of mothers and fathers who are choosing to live radical trust in God, and speak honestly about the challenges and the testimonies that come from such a life. This is a podcast from this home to your homes, meant to reach into the sometimes lonely struggles to weave encouragement, joy, and community into your day. So whether you're driving, cleaning, folding, or just stopping to listen, welcome to Trust is My Home. Today is the day after the octave of Easter, and it's a day of, for me, a certain kind of fragility of heart. And as I have been living through this day and listening, recognizing that there is a particular heartbreak in today. So much of, um, during this quarantine, so much of it has been kind of preparing for and making my way to Divine Mercy. Through Easter to Divine Mercy Sunday. And it was really a beautiful gift to see the blessing of my goddaughter's, uh, newest piece of art, her her icon of Divine Mercy that she did for for the canons regular, St. John Cantus of the Church of St. John Cantus. And um, it's funny because even that blessing, it was, it was live streamed and made available, but it's not as though we can right now just go to the church and look at the image. And this is kind of um, what is the heartbreaking thing or what I've been reflecting on is that for um, for us to have just a full existence we need to be received and this is very true for Christ and you know in the Trinitine form or the extraordinary form of the Mass at the end of every Mass they read the prologue of St. John and um, I think there's something very sad, and I think it's uh, that I'm feeling is that, um, you know, like he he came into the world, he was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. And it's that place of not being received, because. Um, it's so crazy. I mean, even with this artwork, which uh, I know my goddaughter Sarah placed her whole heart and soul at painting it and the vulnerability of, 
exposing your heart, you know, your love for Christ in this artwork, it's not until it's received, right? There's this kind of anxiety or when any one of us, we have something that we express through our heart or through our words. And until it's received by another, it doesn't take on its full life. And actually, this is very Trinitarian, right? Because none of us stands alone. And I like we wish we could. I wish I could. <laughs> like It would be wonderful if we didn't need anybody in some ways, you know, like we didn't need to be received. We're like, and we, we say that all the time. I don't care what people think or, you know, we try to. But there's such a part of us that especially when we when we reveal the deepest places of our heart, when we reveal that, we desire to be received. And I believe that Jesus is also desiring to be received. And he also is sharing in an exile of desiring to be received by us. And whether our inability to receive him is just because we can't tangibly receive the Eucharist, or is because he's trying to take us through a deeper process of, of learning how to receive him even in a new way, I, I can't directly say. But today, today the prayer in my heart is, you know, I need God to find me um, and I need to be received in order to be in rest. My rest is when I am received. And my rest is when I am fully received by God. You know, as someone who is kind of consecrated completely to God, so much of my time is spent in solitude, in, you know, and not having expectation of another person to receive me. And Christ is, is the one that receives. And I was just reflecting as, as I'm here, I'm, I'm not in Loretto House right now. I've been in Chicago and I will, you know, come back and do my 14 days of quarantine as I return to Texas. But um, I'm close by where my brother has, uh, his community is there with their church. And it's crazy because the church is locked. And so I can't receive Jesus there. And also, I cannot even go there and be in the presence where, like, my brother is praying, who is a priest. So it's, it's like the Christ in his presence, but also that kind of family presence. There's it's also this feeling of being disconnected from them, where it wouldn't have to be like I'm visiting them. It could be even, like, participating in their mass or as they're, my, you know, as they're praying Compline or Vespers and, and being there in the kind of the, the rhythm of those prayers, there's a rest in that. And that rest is missing because of where we are. And I know that God has ways, you know, around it. But I want to recognize the grief of that. And also Christ's grief there is a way in which until something is received, it doesn't fully exist. And I, I say that very delicately, but 
is actually scientifically proven um, when a child is born, if it's not like gazed on by the mother, if not received into the mother's eyes, that child's not fully alive. The child's existence isn't fully present. And there's a way in which the Eucharist itself is meant to be received. It's not just a stagnant um, sacramental symbol of, of, you know, the true body, blood, and soul and divinity in itself. And it's just supposed to be by itself. It's meant, its very nature is to be received. The very nature of the Eucharist is that is to be received. That's the whole point. Like, why would Christ become bread? Why would he come in the form of bread, right? Unless he desired most ardently to be received in the most, like, like the the most universal way possible. How can, that's the most intimately universal way to receive something is to eat it, to consume it. And that is what is not happening right now for the majority of the church. And there is a grief in that that needs to be reverenced and recognized. And this isn't a call to arms and like, asking the bishops to change things because I don't think that's the point. I think it's good for us to shed tears of not receiving Jesus because what those tears do is they break open our hearts to receive him even more. Can you imagine the church that's going to receive Jesus? If we allow ourselves to grieve and so much of our life is about how we grieve. And we have to be honest with our grief. So I could be like cavalier and say, oh, it doesn't matter to me that I can't receive Jesus. Um, you know, I know he's here with me in spirit. And a part of that can be actually very true because he can be present. But there's also another part of it that's... That if we're just cavalier, we don't let ourselves like... It's not a lack of faith, you know, to cry tears because the Eucharist, which is actually, you know, when, when Christ like comes in the form of bread and wine, it is because he desires to be received and not just received by the priests that are on the altar. And they're not intending that either or by sisters in convents. There's not like a hierarchy of people, but what's happening right now is that we're in this place and time when, when Jesus, who desires to be received by his whole body, by all of the church, he is not. He is almost fasting from us. And I don't mean that he is fasting from us like, oh, I have to, well, I'm going to give up, you know. Lay people. So what did you give up for that, Jesus? Well, I gave up lay people. <laughs> no, that's not what I mean. But there is a way in which his hunger for us is increasing. And let's see. Let's see. I mean, I hope that we become so irresistible <laughs> that he breaks through all our stupid walls. You know, I... I think this is a great time to perfect what it means to receive. And it, that happens first by receiving the people around us. 
And receiving is not a right. Receiving the Eucharist is not a right. Even being wanting to be received, like I cannot force somebody to receive me because then it's not being received, right? I can't force somebody to give. The whole giving and receiving process is, is, is one that is totally and completely framed through this human freedom, which allows it to be the special thing that it is. But right now, right now I feel the sadness of not being received. And Christ was pointing out to me that what is true for me of being received is also true for him. And I, I need Christ to receive me for my heart to be at rest. I need to receive Christ for my heart to be at rest. And I can find other ways of rest. I can open up the Bible. But you know what happens when I do that? I sometimes hunger more. And it's like a grieving mother looking at pictures of their child that may have died. It's both beautiful, but it also hurts because it's not the reality. They're not there present. It's an image of the reality. And so I guess in, in this kind of reflection, my prayer is asking Jesus to break his own rules, maybe? I don't know. Can, can I receive you, Jesus? Can you receive me here and now? And can you show me what needs to happen today in this moment for you to receive me and me to receive you? Because I'm not a weakling because I need to be received and I desire to receive. I'm human. And to pretend that I'm somehow above that is pride. Jesus desired to be received. His heart was broken when it was not received. And my desire to receive him, it consoles his heart. And even if he, if he whispers his desire to receive me, it consoles my heart too. Even if it can't happen fully, just knowing he wants to receive me, just knowing that I want to receive him, it brings about something real. So I was just thinking about this image, this painting, and, and, and for like an artist, you know, releasing artwork, or for a writer, releasing words that are so close to their own heart. And when they're received, when somebody says, like, I, I have received, like, I see what, what this is signifying, and I, and I receive it, it allows that thing to take on a life that's even fully, like, it's more present. When somebody, when somebody paints an image and nobody looks at it and they think it's beautiful, but at the same time, they're like, it's like basically part of their own heart is out there until that part is fully received. <laughs> like, it's like, it, it's not home. It's like roaming the universe. It's like the water is like, hovering over the waters like it needs to come to rest and things come to rest by being received and so today 
I ask Jesus, who I trust, I still trust in the midst of all of this. And it's, I'm, I think I'm in more pain being so close to, to this beautiful image in this beautiful church, Christ is present there, than even I would be maybe even in Austin because I'm closer to it physically and yet so far away, you know? Um, but that's just a, a sim, you know, symbolic of, of many things that, um, you know, they always say like the, the closer somebody is to Christ, the further like they feel pain even more in their separation. Um, the more you love somebody, the absences of their words hurt you more. Like the more we love, the, our, our ability to be hurt by the person that we love increases. And why? Because we even so much more want to be received. We so much more want to receive. So I just, I want to pray today that that we become we become experts in giving and receiving, um, that we become good receivers. So the first thing to be a good receiver is you can't be busy, right? You can't be busy. Busy things can't receive. We have to be able to see and hear and, and receive. So my prayer is that as I receive what's in front of me, as I receive even what God is pressing into my heart in this moment, that I can become really irresistible to him, that he just wants to come closer to me. And I also want to reverence those of you who are grieving, unable, being unable to receive. And even though we have faith that God is still working in our families, he's working in our homes, we can grieve as well. We can grieve. Because if you don't grieve, if there's like nothing to grieve, then there is really nothing lost. And if there's nothing lost, then what's the point, you know? There is grief that's happening. There is grief that's real. It's not because we have a right to the Eucharist. It's because we love Jesus and we want to receive him. And he loves us and he wants to receive us. And right now, that whole process is not fully happening. And it might be because God is trying to teach us on a deeper level what it means to receive. And sometimes we have to feel the pain of not receiving in order to know. We have to feel, you know, like what absence makes the heart grow fonder. Well, Jesus, my heart is growing fonder. And I pray that yours is as well. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine Jesus is like thinking of, think of your name like, been so long since I've received this person, you know, it's, you know, he can receive us spiritually, obviously, he's not contained in the sacraments, but it was his intention through the Eucharist to receive us. And so even our sorrow of being unable to receive is something that you can actually unite us closer to Jesus. And, uh, yeah. That's my prayer today. My prayer is that that we we can receive Jesus because we're willing to admit 
that we need to be received. Jesus, find us where we are. Find us where we are. Jesus, I want to receive you. I want to rest in you. I want to be received by you. And I ask you to come find me. Because the places where I used to find you, I cannot find you there right now. Help me to be creative in looking for you. And help me to be honest in my grief.